is Decoding Learning Differences with Kimberly Lavelle, and this episode is IEP Tips Goals. So last week, we talked about all the pieces of an IEP, and of an IEP document, all the sections that should be in there, or at least the major sections, and I kind of also addressed the miscellaneous bits, um, but less specifically. <laughs> Speaking of specific, SMART goals. Your goal, the goals in the IEPs should be SMART goals. If you're not familiar with that term, which apparently too many goal writers are not. Specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and time-bound. We want IEP goals to be SMART goals. Now, I don't think SMART goals was a written for IEPs. I'm, I think it was more of a business-based thing, but it's relevant um, for IEPs as well. Let, let's get it, discuss this a little bit. So IEPs as a whole, we kind of talked about this last week, and I feel like I talk about it all the time, they should be individualized. It is an individualized education program. They should be individualized. They should be specific also. I've got a little visual for you. So if you're not watching the video and just listening, on the left, I have a picture that I can't remember if it was actually Monet or just some kind of, um, why am I forgetting the word? <laughs> um, what kind of art is that? Oh, I'm forgetting. Okay. On the, but a Monet type of painting. On the right, I have more of a Renaissance type of painting. Um, it was, I think it's a Renaissance style painting. It looks more like a photograph. Um, it's really easy to see all the tiny details of everything. So if you look though at the left, it's hard to tell what this is supposed to be a picture of. Now, partly because of the way I have it cropped, um, but it's supposed to be like a picture of Venice and you really can't tell very well because of impressionism. That's kind of art we're looking at here. Impressionism. So it's just supposed to give you an impression of water and a building and the corner of a boat. It's not supposed to give you the details, right? And that's the point of this art is to not be too specific and too detailed. Whereas a Rembrandt, um, which this is not a Rembrandt, the more I look at it, the more I think it is a photograph. I'm a little confused. Anyway, the point is, if I'm looking at a Rembrandt or something, I'm thinking about how the 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 details are so, so easy to see, right? I, I get all the pieces. I know exactly what everything looks like. I, I've got a very good, a very good understanding of what it is I'm looking at. There's no question. I can picture it. You know, I can close my eyes and picture it. I, I could smell what it might smell like to be there because I could smell the candle flame and the, the apples or peaches or whatever were apples behind. Um, so it's specific. We don't want the fuzzy. It happens way, way, way too often with IEP goals. They're very fuzzy. They're, they say things like the child, you know, Susie, I keep using Susie. Susie will be able to, uh, write a five paragraph essay in five out of five trials. 
can you give me more specifics? Because I don't know what that's supposed to look like. What accommodations are going to be in place for that? Is it just the accommodations in the IEP? In what time frame are you expecting it? To what degree of support is she getting? Because, you know, everyone else in fourth grade gets actually this conversation with the teacher and they do this thinking map together and then they do this and then they do this. And then at the end, they all have a five paragraph essay. The teacher makes sure everyone has a five paragraph essay. Does that count? Did she meet the goal? Does it have to be independent? Do you have, are you giving her a prompt and expecting her to independently go through all those steps and create a five paragraph essay? And at what point does it count as a five paragraph essay? If she indents and writes words and then indents and writes words and then indents and writes words, are those five, you know, and indents and indents, is that five paragraphs? What makes it a paragraph? Does it have to have an introduction, a conclusion? Does it have to have, to have transition words, supporting details? Does it have to be relevant to the topic they were, she was supposed to write about? There are so many smaller pieces to writing that are better goals than write a five paragraph essay. Whose ideas is she using to write the five paragraph essay? You know, is she using her own ideas that she is generating or is she using a thinking map that the teacher provided? Because it's a different, it's a different level of skill. And it might not be fair to her to expect her to independently write a five paragraph essay. <clears throat> now, I very often, in working in the public schools, I very often got really bad goals sent to me on IEPs. In fact, I rarely got an IEP document that had goals that I thought were actually good. Especially if all the goals were good. I was very, it was very rare. I'm not even sure it ever happened. <laughs> so I usually rewrote at least one of the goals immediately. I'd have a meeting and say, okay, this is a terrible goal. It does, I don't know what this is supposed to look like. I don't know the parameters of it. I need more specifics. So I'm changing it to be this instead. Or I'm recommending that it be changed to this instead. Are you okay with it? Yep, great. And writing, I feel like is the one I see the most, where it's like, <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to look like. What, at what point? And then they always end with like, with 80% accuracy in, in five out of five trials. I'm like, wait, or four out of five trials, depending on how, they, how you do things where you're at. But you're like, wait, what is 80% accuracy in writing five paragraphs? Does that mean she just had to write four paragraphs? Does it mean that she had to write four sentences for each paragraph because the teacher told her to write five? Does it mean, like, what is, how do you measure accuracy in a five paragraph essay? So we need to be specific on what skills are we actually expecting Susie to complete? So what I usually did when I was writing IEP goals for elementary students, and obviously this varies from kindergarten all the way to sixth grade, but for the upper elementary students who might be expected to be working on writing five paragraph essays, I would focus on as part of a five paragraph essay, Susie will write a body paragraph that includes an introductory sentence, three supporting details, a concluding sentence, at least two transition words, um, 
punctuation for each sentence, a pro ending punctuation for each sentence, capitalization, appropriate beginning capitalization for each sentence, and um, and relevant details to the topic with 100% accuracy in two out of three trials. So I've asked about it for one paragraph. There's three body paragraphs in a five paragraph essay. Two out of three of those paragraphs have to be perfect. Perfect as in it's met all of those criteria. It has all the beginning capitalization. Note, I didn't say all capitalization has to be perfect. It has correct ending punctuation. Again, not all all punctuation has to be perfect. Um, I didn't mention anything about spelling, so spelling errors would not count against her in this case. It, it would be, and I sometimes would add that in later, spelling and other um, punctuation or capitalization errors not mentioned above are not counted against the accuracy rate. Something like that. Very complete. Where someone, at least in my mind, someone else getting that goal would know exactly whether or not the child met that goal based on it. And usually I set more parameters for the beginning part too, where following teacher-led pre-writing activities and a thinking map that has been completed with an adult and um, reviewed by an adult, a completed thing map. So I know she's got the thinking map to use. That's what we were using. Graphic organizer um, would be another term for it. She's got a completed graphic organizer to prepare her for her writing so she can use that. And then she, the focus is on writing a complete paragraph with all the pieces. It is not on generating the ideas. I alternately could write a goal on generating ideas. Susie will complete a graphic organizer in preparation to write a five paragraph essay by including. And so <laughs> I'm gonna get, I would get very specific about what the exact tiny skill is so that you as a parent should be able to read that goal and know whether or not your child would meet that goal a year from now. Like you would know if your child handed you an essay a year from now, you would be able to look at the essay they handed you and compare it to the goal and figure out whether or not they met the goal, right? There should be no question about whether or not they wrote it. Another reason I wrote it that way where it was like two paragraphs out of three in a single essay is it takes a lot to write an essay. So if I'm supposed to measure whether or not this child met the goal and they're telling me it has to be five paragraph essays in four out of five trials, you're telling me I have to make this child write five five paragraph essays at the time of the goal being due. So like within a month, approximately, I need the child to write five, five paragraph essays. That's a bit excessive. Um, the child might really dislike me at the end of that. So I tried to keep it to something reasonable, a reasonable amount of work for the child to do because we don't, we don't want to start measuring a goal a year out. Like we need to know at the time that the goal is supposed to have been met, is she able to do it? I mean, ideally you want it, all the goals to be able to be work that can be done a week before the IEP. So within that week, you know it was met or not met. Um, and I wouldn't go more than a month before the IEP meeting because then it's not relevant to this meeting unless it was already met a month ago or something. But anyways, getting a little off. Um, so they should be individualized. They should be specific. Now we've talked about the specific 
goals, the specific skills that need to be in there. We've also talked about measurable. Like I said, when it's 80% accuracy on a five paragraph essay, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to measure that. Unless you're giving me a rubric attached to the IEP that I can use to measure that the goal, whether or not the goal is met, it's not measurable. I need to know what is, what is the measure of whether or not the child has met the goal. It needs to be achievable. There are some advocates that would drive me a little crazy because they would want a goal written at grade level. But the child was four years behind grade level. Is it, a, is it reasonable and achievable for the child to measure, to grow four years just to have a grade level, a gr well, it has to be a grade level goal. No, it has to be based on grade level standards. But that doesn't mean that the goal is written for being grade level. It means that the child that is, is moving towards accessing the grade level standard. So it can't be an unrelated, a goal unrelated to grade level standards, but it, it has to be kind of going in that direction. Um, and, and similar to, similar to that is that is the relevant piece, right? So it's, we've talked about it's specific, it's measurable, it's achievable, it's relevant to the child's current grade. That's kind of the purpose of that part. It, we want them to be able to access their current grade level curriculum, relevant. And time bound means it needs to say when the goal will be met by. Generally, annual goals are written for one year. Each objective should also be smart. It should have each of these pieces in it. It should be time bound. I were, recently had a client and was going over the IEP and was like, even a court, like, and they had it written on their IEP documents. It specifically said all the things that an objective should include, including time bound, and they didn't have it. And I pointed that out and she went to the meeting and after she was like, they wouldn't change it. It's not even like I'm asking much of them. Like I'm asking them to just follow their own paperwork. <laughs> so we need each objective should be time bound. This objective will be met by this state that you know that the child is making progress and the objectives while we're talking about objectives, objectives should help move the child toward achieving that bigger goal. Now, last week when we talked about IEPs in general, I talked about how we shouldn't have too many goals. We shouldn't have too few goals. But in terms of too many, one way when you're trying to think about like, oh, but they're missing 20 standards from last year in math alone. Well, we don't want 20 math goals. But... A math goal that has to do with fractions might have the hardest piece of the fraction, um, achieving the fraction standard, that, that hardest piece of the standard might be written into the main goal. Then each objective might be an easier fraction-related standard. So they're all working towards better understanding fractions, but they're actually measuring three or four different fractions standards, and they can be kind of incorporated together. It also can be 
that this one is worked on and this one is worked on. And then in the overarching goal, the annual goal, we've checked to make sure that the Susie can still, that can do all of those smaller pieces that were worked on earlier, that she can do all of them at the same time, basically, like in one practice. So if we get, if we're giving her adding fractions and subtracting fractions on the same paper, she still knows what to do and she's not getting the two confused or mixing things up. Um, and it might be even bigger, adding and subtracting on one, multiplying and dividing on another. The overarching goal is adding, subtracting, multiplying and dividing. <laughs> and can she do all of those things? Now I wouldn't do any, I wouldn't do that for anyone um, below sixth grade as a goal. And it's a, it's a hefty, hefty goal. So keep that in mind. You don't want goals that are too hefty, but it, depending on your child, sometimes it's appropriate to do something like that. Um, if we go back to the writing example, for that writing goal, the paragraph that I was talking about, an objective might simply be, the first objective might be to write, to practice writing um, 10 introductory sentences that identify, that, you know, include all of these pieces, like the elements of introducing the idea, etc. And then another objective might be writing concluding sentences or supporting detail sentences. So I've kind of broken up all the pieces and now in the annual goal, I want to know that she can put all the pieces together and write a full paragraph that has all the bits to it. Um, or I might've had a piece about, you know, working from a thinking map or creating a thinking map or something. So I can have, I can have related standards or I can have, or skills or sub-skills that are necessary to meet the overarching skill as objectives for the annual goal. I hope that didn't get too confusing there. <laughs> if you're confused, please email me. Um, okay, I've already got given a whole bunch of examples on particularly reading and math goals. I'll give you one example for, sorry, um, writing and math goals. I'll give you one example for a reading goal and then We'll, we'll call it. Um, so a reading goal that is specific would be, ideally you want to figure out where the child is, is weak in their reading skills. So the child knows uh, 500 sight words and the child is reading at a fifth grade reading level and the child can decode CVC words. It sounds like the child is using certain skills to compensate for a lack of other skills. Because if the child is reading CVC words and not also CCVCC, et cetera, et cetera, there's a lot of room for decoding work. So I'd be writing a goal very specific to decoding work where I'm asking the child to decode and it might be a big goal, you know, and this, this also might be multisyllabic words. Like they can, they can read and decode single syllable, regularly spelled words, but not two syllable or three syllable. So that might be my objective is two syllable, three syllable. My annual goal is four syllable, multisyllabic words. Or I might be working on uh, an objective on prefixes, an objective on suffixes, and then using that to decode three syllable multisyllabic words um, with regular spelling patterns. So 
we're working through like those skill sets of what is it that the child is missing and be very specific. Most often my reading skills in terms of the actual reading skill, it's usually decoding skills that are lacking and need to be addressed. So a broad will read at a second grade level doesn't tell me whether or not the child is actually using the decoding skills or are they going to hit a plateau as soon as they get to words that are multisyllabic because or they're not going to understand what they're reading because they can't decode the multisyllabic words that are necessary for comprehending the higher the more challenging texts so you have to really look at even a child who is reading at grade level are do they have all of the grade level reading skills I hope that makes sense. Usually when they're lacking in that area, people might say it's a sight word problem, but sight words are mostly decodable. So really it usually is a decoding problem. And that's the skill that needs to really be addressed and looked at carefully. There also might be a reading comprehension goal. And that again, should be pretty specific. A child will be able to identify the main idea of, you know, let me start over. By such and such date, when given a fifth grade passage of no more than 300 words, Susie will be able to identify the main idea out of three choices with 80, mm, we always want it to be, to work. let me say out of five choices, she'll be able to select it with 80% accuracy in three of three trials as measured by student data, um, student, student work samples, or it could be teacher charted data. So that would be a quick example of a reading comprehension goal that I might write for a particular child. Um, and that's not a goal that I've ever specifically written. I just make up goals out of the top of my head all the time. <laughs> um, so the point is there should be goals to address each of these areas of academic need. Now you can also get into goals that are specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, sorry, achievable, relevant, and time bound with behavior, with vocation, with communication, with fine motor, with gross motor, all those same elements would apply there. Um, so, and you, your, your takeaway, is that you should be able to fully picture what it will look like when your child meets a well-written goal. There should be no fuzzy Monets. I love a good Monet. They're all good. Um, Mary Cassatt is one of my favorite painters. I love Impressionism, but I don't want an Impressionist IEP. I want a Rembrandt. I want the very detailed, easy to to see all the bits, you should be able to, to, to visualize it. You read it and you know exactly what's happening. There's no, no question, right? If you need any help with any educational consultation, if you want me to take a look at the IEP that has been drafted for you, if you want me to help you go over anything, um, goals, uh, reports, anything. I do offer educational consultation services. You can email me, Kimberlyn at decodinglearningdifferences.com to find out 
my whether or not what what is going on with you is is something I can help you with um, and my availability we can go from there um, I also do offer direct services for tutoring so if you need any of that um, right now I'm focusing on children with dyslexia or dyslexia type profiles um, basically kids who need to work on decoding skills phonological awareness phonics um, spelling things like that but I also can work on other things depending on need so again ask me what you need I'll try to get you whatever resources you need and make sure that you've got what you need to help your child be successful and feel good about themselves I am Kimberlyn. You can email me Kimberlyn at decodinglearningdifferences.com. I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye.